Live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, on January 5th, 2023, I'm Gianna Volpe on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. Incoming Representative George Santos arrived at his congressional office Wednesday, insisting he planned to be sworn in and serve his two-year term, despite the growing pressure on him to step aside. Laura Figueroa Hernandez on Newsday.com reports that Santos, the Republican from Queens and Nassau, the subject of county, state and federal probes, answered yes to reporters' questions about whether he still planned to be sworn in, but he ignored all other questions about calls to resign and his ability to serve amid the ongoing investigations. The embattled politician remained tight-lipped and largely out of sight Wednesday as his nascent office struggled to get organized. Telephone calls to his congressional office went to a full voicemail box, and his congressional website posted an inaccurate news release that later was removed. The website offered only vague information about his work history compared with the detailed websites of other incoming first-term House members. Santos has admitted about lying about graduating from Baruch College and New York University and acknowledged he never worked directly for Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, as he once asserted on his campaign website. The admissions came after a New York Times investigation last month found major holes in statements Santos made about his background on the campaign trail. Here on the East End... Uh, The effort to preserve the one-time Sag Harbor home of the Nobel Prize-winning author John Steinbeck received a significant boost this week when the Southampton Town Board scheduled a January 24th hearing to consider using $11.2 million from the Community Preservation Fund to buy the development rights to the 1.3-acre property at the end of Bluff Point Lane. Stephen J. Coates reports on 27East.com that the Sag Harbor Partnership would be expected to cover the remaining $2.3 million of the $13.5 million asking price and would own the title to the underlying property, which includes Steinbeck's cottage and his writing studio. As part of the deal, the the property will be open to the public on a limited basis with open houses, seminars, and other opportunities to visit scattered throughout the year. In East Hampton, uh, it looks like there is a composting craze afoot out here on the East End. And as reported on the East Hampton Star, East Hampton Town Council person Kate Rogers has a legislative bucket list item for 2023 that would see the creation of a pilot program to ramp up composting efforts in the town. Her vision would flip the script on the well-worn farm-to-table concept to a so-called table-to-farm program where residents and eventually restaurants would collect food scraps that would then be composted instead of being sent off to landfills, where some 40% of all waste is residential food waste. Ms. Rogers is modeling her initiative on similar successful pilot programs underway in Riverhead and Southhold that have seen lots of buy-in from residents there. Staying in East Hampton for the weather, looking like patchy fog uh, before 9, but it is 9.09, so we're looking at a cloudy day with a high near 48 degrees and a light northwest wind tonight, a 30% chance of showers after 1 a.m., cloudy otherwise with a low around 36 degrees. Right now, it's 45. Uh, We will get ready to speak with Sheila Flynn DeCoste, the author of Rose alone at the bottom of this hour uh, for the 
What's Today? Thoughtful Thursday segment underwritten by Green Hill Kitchen. Uh, the words or the word that the playlist is surrounding today is peace. As I play, uh, I, I wrapped the playlist around Eagles. I wish you peace. I had put on uh, the Heart of the East End Instagram and Facebook, which you can always uh, follow and like to stay apprised of all opportunities having to do with the show. And I asked for tracks, uh, baby tracks for yesterday's show. And my Aunt Linda asked for I Wish You Peace. It wasn't technically fitting in with the theme. So uh, all of those who did put tracks on that post, I said, hey, I'll make a playlist for you. Uh, but first, a little Skilo, I Wish, the title track of their 1995 record right here on the show that gives you a little bit of everything. The weekday morning and midnight show playing music from all decades and genres and interviewing folks with from all walks of life all morning and midnight long, all because of you, the listener supporter of Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six form part. I wish I was like six foot nine so I could get with Leoshi because she don't know me, but yo, she's really fine. You know, I see her all the time everywhere I go and even in my dreams. I can scheme a way to make her mine because I know she's living fat. Her boyfriend's tall and he plays ball, so how am I going to compete with that? Because when it comes to playing basketball, I'm always last to be picked and in some cases never picked at all. So I just lean up on the wall or sit up in the bleachers with the rest of the girls who came to watch they man ball. Dad, y'all, I never understood black weather jocks get the fly girls and me, I get the hood rats. I Tell them scat, skittles, kebabble Got hit with a body But sit in a hospital for talking that mess I confess it's a shame When you living in a city that's the size of a box And nobody knows your name Glad I came to my senses Like quick, quick, got sick, sick to my stomach Overcoming my thoughts of me and her together, right? So when I asked out, she said I wasn't a type I wish I was a little bit taller I wish I was a baller I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat And a six for a parlor I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller I wish I had a girl with a good, I would call her I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-four ball I wish I had a brand new car, so far I got this hatchback And everywhere I go, yo, I get laughed at And when I'm in my car, I'm laid back I got an A-track and a spare tire in the back seat, but that's flat And if you wanna know what's really whack See, I can't even get a date, so what you think of that? I heard that prom night is a bomb night with a hood ratchet and old type of Rito I was a baller. 
a Friday and you can even speed on the highway. I would play ghetto games, name my kids ghetto names. Little Mookie, Big Al, Lorraine. Yo, you know that's on the real. So if you down on your luck, then you should know just how I feel. Cause if you don't want me around, see I go simple, I go easy, I go greyhound. Hey, you, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Ah, yes, ain't that fresh? Everybody wants to get down like that. Wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-four parlor. I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-four parlor. Twenty years before Skilo recorded I Wish, the Eagles recorded this. Oh 
And now, two perspectives on peace from two members of the Fab Four, George Harrison and John Lennon, here on WLIWFM, Long Island's only local NPR radio station. 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk, WLIW.org slash radio online.
Well, shucks. It looks like we've got some issues with the phone line. Um, I'm going to see if I can work it out. Otherwise, we may have to put our guests on hold for this morning and give you more music. That ain't bad. We've got Tristan Prettyman, War Out of Peace from the Hello record, uh, followed by Soko, I Come in Peace from the 2015 record, My Dreams Dictate My Reality. You're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Stay with us. Falling 
He drinks orange juice and vodka in the basement while she's talking to someone long distance for hours and hours on end and as he's slowly sipping he thinks about his children in the heart attacks that youngest daughter's always giving him he ain't slow
Tyler Childers, peace of mind, Country Squire record of 2019, and I'm feeling exactly that, thanks to Brian Bannon uh, and our guest, Sheila DeCoss. We're all set for our thoughtful Thursday segment, underwritten by Green Hill Kitchen. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. So it's been a long while. Yes, it has been a while since that lovely office night in East Hampton, which you um, conducted some radio interviews at. It was such a, a tremendous event with so many authors from Long Island there, and I was very honored to be one of them. So, and, and Rose Alone is your first book, right? Yes, that's right. I have written other, um, you know, fiction pieces, and I did also write for another Long Island publication called Sunstorm. It's in uh, art reviews, and I so I had written uh, art reviews for them before, but this is my first solid novel. So this must have been just such an exciting experience for you to do Authors oh, it Night. it definitely was. Uh, I, uh, it's interesting how, you know, I think for all writers, you always wonder, well, how am I going to get my big break? <laughs> and with this book, I had started actually with uh, a cast of characters that were younger, that was for the much more of a middle grade story. But after a few editors had said, no, I don't think it works, I suddenly thought, well, okay, I'll raise the age level on this. And then a little bit later, a few connections occurred, particularly in, because of the French language. There's a little bit of French language in the book. Of course, naturally. And I could go into detail, but it was just you know, somebody that you know who knows an editor, and that's how it came to be. So I was really thrilled, to tell you the truth. And of course, your son figuring into the story as well. Pardon me? And of course, your son figuring into the story as well, since he was part of the inspiration behind the book, right? Yes. Well, I I wondered, I don't know how much time I have today, but I did want to let any of your listeners know that if they wanted to learn a little bit more about my book, I am going to be speaking at the East Hampton Library in East Hampton on Main Street this Sunday at 2 o'clock. And uh, I'm going to be giving some background. It is historical fact, uh, fiction, and um, it will give a little bit more about the book and be able to answer any questions, and I'll be able to sell some books if they wish to you know, purchase them there, although they can purchase them in other places if they wish. So I'm looking forward to that. I, and I appreciated your sneaking the news hook up at the top, uh, not burying the lead at all. Yes, um, Sheila will be at the East Hampton Library Sunday, January eighth um, at two p.m. Yeah, I just want to orient us in time. So, Rose alone depicting the great upheaval and the expulsion of Acadian people 
settled in parts of Maine and Canada known as Acadia uh, in 1755 by Governor Charles Lawrence and one young girl whose family was ripped apart with surviving family members sent to both East Hampton as well as settling in Guilford across the Sound. It was a very validating read for uh, this person who was once a young girl told at, um, I don't remember if it was high school or elementary school, we were supposed to, um, you know, make a presentation about part of our cultural heritage. And I presented about the Cajuns and I was told that that was not a background. And that is just simply not true. Oh, my goodness. Well, it is, in fact, I mean, you know, I have had several uh, letters, you know, to after I post the book on Amazon and things like that, I have one letter that says, I'm an historian. I've never heard of this before, and I'm so excited to read about this history. This is just great. <laughs> so, okay, so I won't... Been- I won't be too. I won't be. Yeah, I won't be too hard on that person because you know apparently even even historians might not know uh, the story of the Acadians. Do you want to share a little bit about who these people were and are? Sure, I'll say a little bit about it. You just let me know when the timing is a little bit too long or something. We'll do. Um, The the Acadians were peoples from France originally who went to Nova Scotia probably in the 1600s, and they became very prosperous farmers in Acadia, in Nova Scotia. And at that time, just to be brief, there was there was constant rivalry between the nations about who would who would own or possess Canada. And the Acadians, of course, were a French background, but the English were also there. They really wanted to own Canada. And they, after a long story and many wars, I think there were 10 wars in 15 years between the English and the French, um, the Acadians were living there still very, by that time they'd become quite prosperous farmers. They had, they had done, which was quite interesting in those days, was there were tremendous tides from the bay of the ocean there. And they learned how to control the tides, and they were able to enrich fields vast fields with nutrients and could grow just about anything and livestock and they were trading with Europe and with the Caribbean and the English who were also there began to be a little nervous about having French extraction people in that area and so even though the the Acadians of course were Catholic the English were mainly Presbyterian I mean that's a generalization but that was generally the case so the English began to be very nervous about the situation, about the Acadians, and they demanded that the Acadians would uh, not fight for the French if the French would come in and make an invasion. But all the, Eng- the Acadians would do, they were peaceful people, and they said, we're not going to fight, we will pledge to be neutral, we'll pl- we will not fight with anyone, and that... That enabled them to live there for quite a few years until a critical moment in history. Well, we we absolutely loved Rose alone here, and we're excited about uh, others learning more at the East Hampton Library this Sunday at 2 p.m. It's a fantastic companion to Tom Clavin and Bob, uh, Bob Drury's nonfiction book, Blood and Treasure, focusing on Daniel Boone's life and happenings uh, to the south and west 
of Rose through the time of the French and Indian Wars. It felt like the young adult introduction to this period of the colonial story, and it was so rich with detail. Uh, we can't thank you enough for for writing it and um, excited about your upcoming book. How are things developing with that? Well, I'm just doing a, you know quite a bit of research at this point. I this perhaps will depart from the um, from the Acadian uh, field and be more focused in early New York history because I'm always fascinated by that. But it will be historical fiction, of course, too. You know, really solid in in good fact, but good stories as well. well and I say just as a sort of conclusion that. I am so happy that the East Hampton Star, which, of course, is a good, best local newspaper up here, or one of them, Amen. gave me a terrific review of uh, Rose Alone. So if any reader really wanted to check on it, they can check on the East Hampton Star in June of uh, 2022, and there's a really good review of the book, and we'll give them more of a sense of the story and what is. And and how Rose develops, and where she goes, and where she whether she finds her family or she doesn't, and whether she settles somewhere or she stays in in Long Island as some eighty Katie's do. So there's a lot to look forward to. But I look forward to seeing people at that meeting on Sunday. So uh, EastHamptonStar.com to see if the review is online. I imagine it is, and we're excited to see how you put your master's in library sciences to work. With your next book, I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Sheila Flynn DeCoste talking about her upcoming uh, chat about her first book, Rose Alone, at the East Hampton Library on Sunday at 2 p.m. That was the Thoughtful Thursday segment underwritten by Green Hill Kitchen. This is Marianne Megna, our very own out here. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you just, uh, you're listening to WLIWFM NPR Radio. Um, that's Cat Stevens. <laughs> ah, it's just one of those days, Jay. No, I... Stop. Born in the spring just before the sunrise. No surprise, a full moon hung in the sky. Makes you crazy, but it makes you strong. Heartbreak and sorrow. I'm leaving you here tomorrow I packed my things I'm on my way I'm on my way Leaving worry and fear too I'm through with the blue moon moves I paid my dues I refuse to lose My eyes are open wide I feel the chains moving inside Could be the moonlight And it might be bright I know it's time For me to find My peace of mind My peace of mind The demons that you face There are times We each need to summon the grace To 
carry on when the river is wide and get by somehow but there by your heartbeat is a little fire and some kind of faith in something something strong inside yeah. my eyes are open wide I feel the change moving inside
I've got peace of mind, but I think what I need right now is a little coffee. And Cat Stevens, the door is on deck. You're listening to the Heart of the East End. Peace to all of you awesome listeners of Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Now I've been happy lately, thinking about the good things to come. And I believe it could be something good has begun. Oh, I've been smiling lately, dreaming about the world at one. And I believe it could be someday it's going to come. Cause out on the edge of darkness, there rides a peace train. Oh, peace train, take this country, come take me home again. Now I've been smiling lately, thinking about the good things to come. And I believe it could be Something good has begun Oh, peace train sounding louder Right on the peace train Yes, it's the peace train. 